The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. The past and future collide as Warren, out of love and devotion for his friends, leaves a certain garden by the steps of heaven to return to the living world. It's what happens in between that really sets the stage. So, let me remind you once again how this podcast may contain images of graphic violence, child endangerment, surprise, surprise, we actually have some, and naughty, salty language. Now, let us journey to a very different end, to a very different time, and a decision that solidifies not just Warren's fate, but the fate of those around him as we grab our tentacles and meet the man in between. <laughs> Detective Stevens looked back briefly at the garden and the strange girl on the flowered swing. Who was she? And who is she waiting for? Although he suspected who. Jonah had mentioned to him several times that he was looking for someone but didn't know who or where she was. He had a strong feeling this was her, and yet he couldn't keep track of her name. No matter how hard he tried or repeated it to himself, it seemingly vanished in his thoughts the very next instance. But this girl knew him. She had a true familiarity with him, who he was, and what he seemed to be headed for. In the past, he may have thought, how strange but strange seemed to be the norm of his life now. And this place, it was beyond imagination. Flowing fields and rivers, vast forests, a low-lying mountain range, all leading to, to where? The sky rose up behind the garden-like steps, as if it was leading to someplace new. She had called the place the Steps of Heaven, and he pondered what lay beyond. He was given the option of staying and going to what lay beyond, but that didn't sit well with him, especially after what she had shown him about what our possible future could be and the pain it might bring his friends. Then I guess you decided to go back. Yes, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Or just a noble soul. She made a motion and like a rabbit, another girl, roughly around ten, with red hair appeared. She seemed to dance her way down the hillside and onto the dais where they now stood. You'll need a guide, someone to take you home. He looked down at the girl, now holding his hand. This little red-headed girl started leading him across the fields and back towards the gate he had passed through. Home. He didn't think it was possible, but he was going home. I guess Jonah isn't infallible, he said to himself softly. At that, the little red-headed girl smiled knowingly, almost chuckling at the notion. As they continued to walk together, he began to wonder about how long he'd been here and if it would create problems for him going back home. Your name's Sam, right? Warren asked. Yes, yes, sir. And you can really take me home. I mean, no offense, but... No offense taken. I can take you home but not at the time you departed. As they neared the gate, he stopped and looked at it. Cocking his head as he did so, he recognized it. Yes, yes, I know he should recognize it since he had just come through it before, 
but this time he remembered something from very long, long ago. I see. He continued the conversation. The memory he had had given him a curious notion, the notion that he had done this before. Sam, this gate we're going through, it allows you to go any place in time. Theoretically, yes, sir. Although it's really up to the Guardian and what he desires on where you and the gate takes you. And you've used this gate yourself. Yes. I once roamed its corridors with the Guardian. Yes. While your body slept at my grandfather's place. You know about that? Sam's eyes narrowed. She didn't remember this man. Yes. Although honestly, he said, running his hands through his hair. I just remembered that myself. He paused and then began to explain. I wasn't supposed to. Know about you, that is. Grandpa Jack had gone out to work in the garden, and I accidentally walked into the room where he kept your body. I nearly freaked out and dragged him back in because I thought you were dead. Then he told me about you and asked me not to disturb you as you slept. I didn't listen, of course. You looked so lonely I couldn't help myself but sit next to you and read while he was out gardening. The funny thing is, when I held the sword back at the well, some remnants of your personality still lingered in it, like a whisper. I really didn't understand any of it, but it all came back to me when I saw the gate. Sam paused and looked at him. She hadn't really taken an interest. This was just another of Arista's whims. She had started serving her after Mr. Alistair had passed. She looked at him, really looked at him, and she saw a few things that should have been obvious especially by the touch of his hand. One, she could see the resemblance to Jack in his face. The other was that of a boy opening up a book and reading next to her as her body lingered. That was you? The boy who used to read to me as I slept? So, you do remember me? Warren asked. Sam nodded. For some strange reason, I didn't have a chance to thank you. I was rushed off with Uriel and Jonah to the tower. She pointed to a hillside that seemed to blur somehow. It sits just beyond the garden, outside of time. But from its windows, you can see the garden. That's how I wound up working for her. They had reached a singular stone gate on top of a hill. Grass, fields, and flowers stretched in every direction. It was going to be hard to leave here, Warren thought to himself. The peace, the beauty, and knowing that his wife Karen and Jack were just a breath away. Then a large figure covered in robes came out to greet them, and Warren Stevens now stood before Gorshin, the guardian of the gate. Hello, Gorshin, Sam said with a smile, and the two exchanged a hug before Gorshin motioned towards the detective. Am I to understand that you are accompanying the good detective home? Yes, she felt it would be good for me, Sam replied. Yes, with him gone, it must be hard on you. Sam briefly thought about Mr. Alistair's smiling red face as they played outside the tower. I do miss him, Gorshin, but now he's at peace. Gorshin turned to Warren and asked, And detective, are you really sure that this is the right path for you? The detective smiled. Yes, I understand Sam's going to stay with me as I recover. Indeed, the strange creature replied. He seemed to be massive, and yet somehow he stood small inside the framework of the Solomon Gate. Warren paused. Gorshin, was it? Yes. I need to make a special stop on the way, 
he said, which caused Gorshin to make an unusual expression. Oh? Yes, it's been troubling me ever since I saw the gate. I think if you look into my eyes, both you and Sam will see what it is I remember, that I am reliving this moment, even though in reality, it hasn't happened yet. Warren ran his hand up and over the frame of the gate as if he was remembering more and more. Gorshin didn't need to, and Sam's eyes opened wide as soon as he touched the side of the gate. How could she have forgotten this? Because, Gorshin said, you actually haven't done it yet, Sam. That is one of the unusual things about living outside of time. Sometimes you loop back on yourself. It was something Sam had done several times before, but not to such a degree. At that, Sam looked at him and frowned. If we do that, you might forget all this and everything to do with me and this gate. Yes, Sam, I know, as it's already happened once before. And you really want that? Sam pressed. If I don't, Sam, I'll never meet Karen. Little Jack will never be born, and as much as it will hurt to lose them later on, my time with them is beyond precious. Yes, she understood this. It was the same for her, and the way she felt about Mr. Alistair. Besides, Sam, I'll have you to help me recover, so I won't be losing everything, right? Sam was still not fond of the idea, but understood the necessity. Gorshin smiled. For him, it had already happened, was happening, and will happen again. Gorshin activated the gate, and they all stepped through, and Warren found himself leaning against the wall of the mausoleum in the center of the cemetery, overlooking Sim's Divide. He looked around. Everything was exactly how he remembered it, and it wouldn't be long until he would be here, and the moment that changed his fate and his life. In the distance, he could hear the sound of trees snapping. Stevens! A deranged scowl echoed across the fields. I smell Stevens! The demented creature cowled as a lone boy raced out of the woods, his clothing tattered, his face covered with dirt, his eyes terrified. Behind him, plowing through the underbrush, snapping trees was a monstrous creature. It had suddenly come upon him while exploring deep within the woods. He didn't know what it was or who it was, he just knew one thing. He had to run if he wanted to live. The older Warren stood there and did nothing. He knew what it was and who it was. And softly, he uttered the foul thing's name. Eclantros. A demon his grandfather had smitten centuries ago had managed to slip its way back into our world. This sick and twisted monster only had one thing on its mind. Revenge. Sam, Warren said, making sure she was still with him as he braced himself. He was still woozy from using the gate. Yes? I'm going to need you and your power. I know, she replied. I remember. He looked down and could see that she was already on fire and resembled a sword more than she did a human girl. When I say now. Understood. He reached down and placed his hand on her shoulder and looked onward to the young boy desperately trying to outrace this horror as the boy leapt up and over the stone wall and into the cemetery. Eglantos, although not nearly the size of the monstrosity that Jack had faced, was still a powerful demon. Something formed and twisted at the fall of things. 
its four mammoth arms reaching out, snatching and throwing things as it was propelled forward by its six legs. A semi-cylindrical mouth opened and unlocked like snake jaws. It was ready to devour its prey. I will have my revenge on you, Stevens. <laughs> Over here. It heard someone shout, and the boy dashed towards the man near the large mausoleum, and he put everything he had into reaching him. Incredulous, the demon thought. I'll have no human interfering. Like the boy, the glanchers leapt up and over the stone wall with a crash, snapping and scattering tombstones, its jowls slobbering, and saliva poured out, splashing and wilting everything it touched. It tore its way through the cemetery with no regard for the dead and raced towards the mausoleum. With that, Warren stepped forth and smiled. He remembered this moment right to the last detail, although shortly this boy would not remember anything for a very long time. As the boy passed through him and into the gate behind him, Warren called after him, Tell Karen and Jack I love them! It was a message he wouldn't understand. But still, he felt he needed to say it. With that, Gorshin nodded, and there was a blinding flash of light. The young man was gone. Eclantro, sensing he was losing his prey, nearly lost his mind in fury. It increased its speed. It would smash through this human, into the gate, and devour the boy. Then, all at once, the look on its face changed from fury and confidence to that of fear and dread. He should have noticed it sooner. The smell of the Stevens bloodline had not diminished with the boy passing through the gate. This man, he too was. Warren continued to smile as the creature put the pieces together and with the stark realization of who he was, it did everything it could to stop its momentum. For it wasn't just that the man was odd. The thing that now blazed in his hand, he remembered it. It was the same blade that had sent him hurling back to the way 600 years ago. The Aeos Delexion. Sam, Warren nodded. Now! And everything for Eglantros went right. Warren circled it as he did his best to remain focused. It wasn't easy. Sam, in her true state, required tremendous energy. Energy he had yet to recover. He could feel himself blurring. He lifted the sword, its flames beckoning to strike out as he did so. The howl from the monster could be heard miles away as fire engulfed it. The flames of truth. The flames that purify. It exploded around Eglantros, sending him flying into a stone wall. As Sam's flames extinguished, Warren finally collapsed back into Sam's arms. They could hear the voice of people approaching. Sam recognized them. Neither she or Warren should be seen by them. She motioned to Gorshin, who emerged and helped lift the man and bring him back towards the gate. Once inside, Gorshin looked at the detective. His hair had turned white, and it was clear that the use of Sam had aged him by several years. As the gate closed and activated, Sam could see four figures stumbling into the graveyard. She so badly wanted to see them, spend time with them again, but not now. Young Warren, propelled by the gate into the arms of Karen's parents, and eventually Karen herself. His memories lost, the consequences of running into yourself, so to speak, <laughs> while escaping a monster. But is the older Warren done? 
Using Sam's true form has cost him time. But sometimes a man is willing to pay a high price to ensure his happiness. Tune in next week for the conclusion of this story with the man in between, part two.